Welcome to the Pro Voice Guy podcast, live from the Pro Voice Guy studios in San Antonio, Texas. I'm Will Rice. Welcome to episode 10. Today, we're going to be talking about using your recording and editing software to make your podcast sound great. Pro Voice Guy podcast, the podcast about podcasts, plus a few extras about audio, social media, marketing tech, and other stuff. Before we jump in, I want to thank David Hooper over at BigPodcast.com for sharing an interview with me about podcasting and voice talent. Check out the article, How to Sound Better on Your Podcast, Tips from a Pro VoiceOver Artist. You can read it on the blog at BigPodcast.com. Also, if you're in the market for a podcast intro or outro or a voiceover for your YouTube channel, commercial, corporate video, or just about anything else, check out the website at provoiceguy.net or find me on Upwork, Fiverr, or Voices.com. So on my last episode, I talked about some of the first steps to take when you're ready to make your podcast sound more like the professional podcast maybe you're used to listening to. And we started out with the two most essential factors in audio quality, the space that you're recording in and your microphone. And today we're going to move on to software. Recently, I've taken on some work in helping others with podcast production. It's an interesting gig. Uh, I'm learning a lot by working with audio that I didn't record. Uh, Some of the best improvements I've made in that process have not been in my production studio process, but in coaching the hosts to make some just even minor changes in their recording practices. Software can only do so much to make your podcast sound better. As I mentioned in the last episode, software does its best work when you're starting with a good, clean audio signal. That is why starting with the initial recording is so important. Any noise, reverberation, other room sounds will end up in your digital recording. Like that was my phone going off. That is now in my digital recording. Any deficiencies in your microphone uh, also will show up in the recording. Anything that uh, you have, like this phone that I'm going to now turn off. And while software can help to mitigate those audio issues, there's only so much it can do. And in some situations, those efforts to reduce noise and echo end up making the whole thing just sound worse. However, as I am learning, uh, there is quite a bit you can do, especially with some of the intelligent tools now found in modern software like Adobe Audition. I have been amazed at some of the background noises I have been able to mitigate or downright eliminate from a recording. In this series, not all of it today, but in this series, we're going to look at four aspects of audio production. Compression, limiting, normalization, and equalization. Used together and sparingly and correctly, these can make a considerable improvement in the sound of your podcast. Today, we're just going to spend the whole episode talking about one of my favorite things, compression. In the audio world, the word compression is used in two ways. We're only going to talk about one of those uh, today. The first one, which we're not going to talk about, is the compressing of audio files to make them smaller. When you save your file as an MP3 file, you are compressing it. You're using digital technology to make the file smaller while making it pretty much sound the same as if it weren't compressed. But we're going to be talking about compression as the process of reducing the dynamic range of an audio file. In more straightforward English, we're talking about reducing the difference between the loudest sounds and the softest sounds in your recording. 
Compression does this by lowering the level of the loudest sounds and boosting the level of the quietest sounds. It's a little bit more complicated than that, but that is basically what is going on. If you ever listened to a recording that caused you to keep your hand on the volume to turn it up when you couldn't hear and turn it down when it was too loud, you heard a recording that needed compression. If you have that same complaint uh, while you're watching uh, TV, that's a whole nother ballgame. It still involves compression, but there's a lot more going on there. Okay, now let's talk about the two roles of compression in a podcast. It has two critical roles. The most important task is keeping the volume consistent throughout the episode. Listeners do not want to listen to a podcast and have to keep pulling their phone out of their pocket to change the volume throughout your show. The second role is crucial if you use music in your podcast. Kind of squeezing the dynamic range of your vocal audio makes it easier to mix your vocals with music without having to continually adjust the volume of the music or the vocals. On the blog, you can see and hear some samples of what I'm talking about today, and I recorded all of the audio samples on my iPhone 7 Plus just using the internal microphone. I know not everybody has a top-notch uh, studio setup, so I uh, did some examples just using the plain old iPhone 7 Plus just sitting on a shelf uh, in my closet. I was pretty happy with the quality I was able to achieve. Here, take a listen to the final product. This is an audio test of an iPhone 7 Plus using the built-in microphone recorded in GarageBand in a closet. Now I am talking softly, and now I am talking louder. Now I recorded that uh, in the built-in GarageBand app that's on my phone. I turned off the built-in compression and reverb that sometimes turn on by default in there. So that's just uh, starting with the raw signal from the iPhone microphone and giving it a little bit of compression. If you only remember one thing about compression, remember not to use too much. In layman's terms, it will make your podcast sound bad, or at least odd. And in some cases, it'll make it sound uncomfortable to listen to. Now, if you're applying compression in most software programs, you will find some presets. If you don't want to learn about how compression works, you may find a preset that does the trick, but you really kind of want to learn how it all works so you can make it sound as good as possible. So let's look at how compression works. There are four factors in compression, threshold, ratio, attack, and release. There's some other possible settings in there, but we're going to stay with the basics of compression. So we've got threshold, ratio, attack, and release. Threshold is the level at which the compressor starts doing its job. In other words, how loud does the sound need to get before it needs to be reduced? Uh, as I'm recording my podcast right now, I can see the screen of Adobe Audition, and I can see the waveform uh, appearing right in front of me as I talk. And that waveform sometimes is very, very close to the middle line, and sometimes it extends up and down towards the top. When that line, those lines extend really far up and down, uh, that is more gain. And when they shrink in, that's just a little bit quieter. And so how far up and down does it need to get before it needs to be reduced by the compressor? That's the threshold. Ratio is about how much we're going to lower the volume once it surpasses the threshold. Once it goes above a certain point, 
how much are we going to lower it? Now this starts to get into math, so which I can do, but I can't explain. So I'm going to attempt to simplify. The higher the ratio, the more you will be compressing or reducing the sounds that are louder than the threshold you set. We usually talk in decibels. And so when it hits a certain decibel count, how much is it going to reduce it? Now, a one-to-one -one ratio would have no impact, right? That's, that's going to compress it. That's not going to compress it at all. A 20-to-one ratio would act more like a, a limiter, not allowing much of anything to go past the threshold. It would just stop it right there. If you want to get good sound out of compression, you're going to need to experiment with the threshold and the ratio. Now, back in the day when I learned, compressors were big rack-mounted components with knobs. I still have one in my studio. However, the compression in Adobe Audition is actually better, and it keeps a link out of my sound chain, which makes everything sound cleaner and better. But I found it much easier to experiment on those knob compressors, because you could just kind of slightly turn everything up and down as you went. However, these new digital plugins give you much more power and flexibility, and they come with presets to start with. Okay, so now on to attack and release. These are a lot simpler to understand, but just as important and just as tricky to master. Attack refers to how fast the compressor kicks in when the signal crosses the threshold. When it gets above a certain dB, is it gonna immediately start to pull it down or is it gonna wait just a little while? Release is just the opposite. How fast does the compressor release the signal after it goes back down below the threshold? Now, the fundamental rule of thumb is that you want this to be as fast as possible without causing any distortion. One of the things you're going to uh, notice with compression, if you start using it, is how the background noise gets louder. So all that stuff, uh, the breaths that you are taking, uh, the sounds inside your mouth, uh, one of my studio dogs who likes to just start drastically scratching when I'm doing something important, they're going to be increased. They're going to get louder. And that may sound weird. And now we're going to deal with how to fix that in another episode. Now, the very, very toughest thing about compression is that you need to trust your ears. The computer can only do so much. And this is where listening is important. This is why it's so important to listen to other podcasts, especially podcasts that you, you just know they sound really good to your ears, right? You listen to what that sounds like, and then you start experimenting with compression uh, to see how you can make your show sound better. And that's where the built-in presets can actually help. Sometimes you'll see a podcasting preset or a voiceover uh, preset or a vocal enhancer preset. Now, you don't want to probably just use those, set them and forget them, but they will give you some ideas of where to start as you try to fine-tune settings that will work for you. Once you find those settings, save those settings, right? I have them saved uh, as presets in Adobe Audition, my own custom one, so I don't have to figure it out again every single time. And this is just one step. In the next episode, we're going to tackle the next two things, limiting and normalization. Once we have the compression right, these are going to help us get our level set correctly. Make sure everything is loud enough, uh, but also make sure that there is no clipping or distortion. I don't like clipping or distortion. But that's it on compression. I hope I didn't leave you totally baffled and confused. Just keep trying and playing around with it, and you're going to find that your podcast sounds better. The Pro Voice Guy podcast is produced by me, Will Rice, in my studio here in San Antonio, Texas. 
The show is produced on a Mac using Adobe Audition software. You can read more about the things I discussed on today's episode, as well as see the the uh, examples and hear the examples of the audio that I worked with. Uh, just go to my website at provoiceguide.net slash blog. If you're in the market for a podcast intro or outro or a voiceover for your YouTube channel, TV commercial, radio commercial, corporate video, explainer video, just whatever else you need, check out my website at provoiceguide.net. You can also find me on Upwork, Fiverr, or Voices.com. You can subscribe to this podcast anywhere where great podcasts are featured, Anchor, iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or you can listen right on the website at provoiceguide.net. Follow me and say hello on Twitter and Instagram at ProVoiceGuy.